And I was just like, I'm not a restaurant person. I'm a theater girl, you know? So it was kind of a weird idea to me. But for some reason, it just I met with him and we just clicked. Hey, Baltimore. Sharice Nichols is the general manager of Bar Vasquez and daughter niece to her father-brother boss, Tony Foreman. And that nicknameification will make slightly more sense in a few minutes. Cherie spent 14 years at center stage before taking her position in the Foreman Wolf Empire, and she explains how her background in theater has come in handy in her role as GM. Cherise is funny and cool and vacations with John Waters and drives her dog around in her convertible and is really good at making fun of my husband, so obviously I'm especially fond of this episode. Oh my God. How did you start there? Um, I worked at center stage for 14 years. You were there for 14 years. 14 years. So I worked, um, I was Irene, the artistic director. I was her, I always used to say I was her bitch. <laughs> like, she'd give me $2,000 for the year and she'd be like, throw some parties. It's not a bad game. So we used to do that big party that happened every year. It was um, first time there was a line going all the way around center stage up to St. Paul. Oh my god! Like four people, four people deep. I think this predates like our relationship. Yeah, because I don't remember this. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It was a lot of fun, but I I only did it for two years, and then um, I did the Welcome Kwame campaign. Yes, I remember that. <clears throat> and you know, I, I like Kwame. Can I just say whatever I want? Yeah, because I might be a bitch. Say whatever you want. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I liked Kwame as a person. I I think. I wasn't really into his artwork. No. And it's hard to be the promotions director, essentially, and not really like yeah. or believe in the art that you're supposed to be promoting. Sure. So I kind of knew that was going to be the last year for me, like doing that fun party for him and doing giving him a good launch into the community. It was a great launch. That was a goodie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a goodie. We had like a thousand people there. Um my yeah. childhood sweetheart, uh, Lady Miss Keir, DJ. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. She's supposed to call me in like 20 minutes, actually. So she might end up being on this podcast, <laughs> which would be very funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I don't re- even remember. I had done two projects, with one with Tony and one with Chef. Um, and the one that I did with Tony was at Dean Alexander's studio. It was for the Welcome Kwame campaign. And, um, you know, Tony is formidable. So everybody was a little nervous about him coming in. And they were, like, being very thoughtful about everything. And I was just mean to him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you wearing? (laughs) You stood out. Can you look like you're having fun? (laughs) (laughs) And um, after that that, um, project, he called, like, three weeks later and asked me if I wanted to come work for him. And I said no. (laughs) Did you say no because you didn't want to or because you knew how to play him? I was just like, I'm not a restaurant person. I'm a theater girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a weird idea to me. But for some reason, it just I met with him and we just clicked. And seven years later, I'm still there. <laughs> well, if you're going to say yes to a restaurant gig, I mean, they do it right. Yeah. You know, they're so impeccable. Yeah. I wouldn't work for any other restaurant group. I'm, they're all fine, you know, but. I think um, I always say I work for the best theater in town, and now I work for the best restaurant group in town. Fancy lady. So everybody else can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you like working for them? Uh, 
I mean, we joke that Tony is like my brother dad. <laughs> what? In the, you, what does that mean? He's very protective of everyone that works for his company, but it's his protection is about wanting you to be so smart about your decisions. Like he wants to give you the freedom to do what you need to do, mm-hmm. and he trusts you to take care of his guest um, to the best of your ability. But he also, you know, is in his protection. He's also kind of like a brother. Like he's easy to have fun with. Like we had my birthday party um, this past month at Prime Rib, and so it was Tony, his wife, and five of my girlfriends, and we were the loudest, most obnoxious. Sure. <laughs> Talking about things we probably should not have been talking about out loud. Well, I'm sure the prime ribs heard worse. <laughs> they loved it. They were just like, you know, is that Tony Foreman back there making all that noise? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's all his bitches. <laughs> Does the service change, you notice, if you're dining with him? Yeah, because people are ner- they get nervous. You yeah. Know, like, Tony Foreman's here. Yeah. I never really experienced that until uh, last night I was at Orto and Spike was there. And you could tell everybody was like, there was heightened awareness. Of, sure. Like, Someone that you want to impress is here. So. Oh, and they're so new, too. That Yeah. Yeah. But they're doing great. I love Orto. It's like becoming one of my favorite. I mean, it's kind of in my neighborhood. Yeah, where are you now? I'm still in Mount Vernon. What? Yeah. How come I don't see you? Because I'm always at work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have these two goddamn kids, so our schedules are probably off a little bit. Um, that's okay. I had no idea. No, you. I know you're still out. Yeah. I hear about your escapades. My escapades. <laughs> They're a lot gentler now mm-hmm. than when we first met, mm-hmm. I hope. Um, so, so okay, you're GM, right? Yeah. At Bar Vasquez. Yeah. So what do you do? What does a GM do? Every damn thing. Everything. <laughs> do you ever cook? It's like owning a mansion. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. It's probably, I think it's a beautiful restaurant. I mean, I'm always very proud to have people come to visit. Um, Did you have a hand in the aesthetics? No, it's so crazy. I was actually on a flight coming back from Norway, and the first phone call that I received on the tar- the tarmac in New York was from Tony. <laughs> He's like, hey, how are you doing? Fine. Uh, so tomorrow when you come in, I'm going to need you to sell everything that is Pazzo. <laughs> Whenever you do Tony, like you have to do his voice. I feel like it's been like the SNL cast as Lorne Michaels. <laughs> That's what you kind of yeah. sound like right He's, now. Well, he's definitely... Uh, He's Jack Donaghy, and I'm I, – I waver between Tracy Morgan and <laughs> – <laughs> I was wondering which way you're going to go with that. Definitely more Tracy and then a little bit of Jenna. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Wild <Wow>, girl. <laughs> um, so you did, you found out that Pazzo was out, on, yeah. like, when you landed? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. And then came back, um, and the next day I started just doing, like, you know, warehouse sale of – Anything that people had, like, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia around Pazzo because it was the only place in town like it. Oh, yeah. For so long. Um, it was a huge anchor over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the first time I went there was the first time I met Chef Wolf. And I came in with, like, 20 of my gay boyfriends. And we were dancing on people's tables and <laughs> being really wild. And Chef Wolf was sitting at one of the booths, and she took care of our whole check. Just because we were having so much fun. Oh, that's so generous. <laughs> I'm sure if I reminded her of that, she'd probably be like, remember that, uh, that $500 you promo? I I'd like that back uh-huh. <laughs> in blood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've earned, earned or uh, paid her back by now. Yeah. 
Yeah. In a way. Um, so you sold everything, and then, I mean, were you, like, ground up? Sold everything, up? and then we closed for three weeks. Um, and I worked in the space with all of the designers that came in. So, like, Kelly Walker was in, and she had a whole, like, group of people. They were doing all new um, upholsteries and... I mean, a lot of it is just cosmetic. It's not like we built walls or, yeah. you know, did new iron work. No, but it looks great. It's fresh. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, yeah, for three weeks I inhaled paint and sawdust. And oh. There would be times Tony would come in and be like, why don't you go step outside for a minute? I'm like, why? I'm fine. You He's got the like, crazy eye. Hi. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, and then the first party, we literally, we chose the day that we were going to reopen because I had booked a private event that won at the entire restaurant. So it was October 18th, 2016. I'll never forget that date because you hit it. We hit it. I mean, that's like unheard of yeah. in the restaurant world, right? I mean, that's three weeks. Well, the three weeks is that's like I can't even unpack yeah. that. That's insane. But you hear these restaurants where they're like opening like spring 2019, and then it's like fall 2020. <laughs> um, that so means you guys... don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think also it was just kind of funny. Like I was sitting at the one of the marble tables and I just looked up at Tony and I said, uh, so this client wants to book this party. Um, they don't know anything about the menu. They don't know anything about what the space looks like. Uh, October 18th, you want to do it? And he was like, well, I guess that's the day we're opening. And that was that. But like literally furniture Fearless. was arriving like four hours before guests. Was it a wedding or was it just an no, event? No, it was a corporate event. But just a client that, you know, that's that's the thing about Foreman Wolf. You, I mean, like, as a joke, Tony said he was going to open a restaurant that had an Iceland theme, and people freaked out about it. Wasn't that, like, an <laughs> April Fool's thing? And I thought, April. so we had, I think, just been to Iceland, and I had one of the best meals of my life yeah. there, and I was so amped for that experience. <laughs> and then I felt <laughs> like an idiot because they look at the calendar. But, it, I mean, that would have, like, he could do that. Yeah. He could, I mean, I. He could yeah. open a restaurant called Chill, which is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> but he could, and yeah. people would just trust it. People would trust it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've they've earned that over, what, 20 years of yeah, 20 plus. What was the first? Was it not Petit? Uh, they both worked at Savannah. Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then opened Charleston. Right. Tony opened Charleston when... Um, I call Harbor East Dubai, mm -hmm. <laughs> Dubai, Maryland, because mm -hmm. it's like one day there was a sandstorm and the next day there was a Four Seasons. And <laughs> it's kind of weird down there. <laughs> yeah. Because no one lives there. More and more, I feel like. But yeah. in, in the beginning, it was weird. And I remember you calling it Dubai <laughs> then and being like, that's exactly because it just kind of appeared. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was different than everything else. Yeah. And, yeah. So Tony, he always tells the story that when they opened Charleston, it, you couldn't get a cab to drop you off or pick you up from that part of town. And of course, we all date him and say, so they didn't have Uber back then? <laughs> <laughs> Who hailed cabs? Do, <laughs> do you know why they chose to be there? I mean, because that was a gamble. He has a, he has a third eye about about things like mm -hmm. there are times when you know the way that we run the restaurant it's all about intuition um and I think he hires very very strong women um but also people who have very strong intuition like you can tell when a person comes in and you know 
not necessarily, I'm not saying profile them like, oh, they're dressed this way, so they're going to want this. You can tell by the way people behave and the way they react and the way that they, their level of expectation. Um, we have a system so that we can kind of have ESP about our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he has that about his restaurants. So, I mean, who knew that Pazzo was going to be, they were doing like six, 700 covers a night. What? Small plates, like when they first opened. No one was doing that kind of volume. And no one will ever do it again because the restaurant business is just so different now. It's People have too many options. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you're doing this like triage of these people, um, so actually this made me think of the Baltimore Sun article that just came out uh-huh. that you were featured in. <laughs> Someone really spit at you? Yeah. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. She was a... A woman? Yeah. In my she mind, like it was a, a man. Like a 60-year-old professional-type woman. It was New Year's Eve, and um, they didn't follow protocol. You know, they didn't... New Year's Eve is the, the biggest dining night of the year for any restaurant that is worth its salt. So you try to make arrangements. You know that they are, there's a prefix menu. You want your guests to know, like, all the moving parts. Right. So they called... A sister property made a reservation, didn't do a credit card number to hold the reservation, then called, and they were obviously drunk, but they were like, you know, you guys are only doing a prefix? And I said, yeah, you've got to let me know if you're coming. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to hold the table for you, but I do have another party that wants it. Um, so they didn't call back. Then they showed up an hour and a half later demanding a table. Nope. So I made it happen somehow. Um this is why I'm in, not in your business. <laughs> I would have been like, bye, sorry. You do a lot of the genie, like the, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do a lot of magic making with with uh, your guests, with your staff, with the kitchen. Like, you're always trying to make things okay. Yeah. Um, but she was very upset about me giving her table away, and the more that she drank, the more she couldn't get over it. And so finally, I, you know, she cornered me upstairs, and she's like, you know, I'm 5'11". She was maybe like 5'3". She's like yelling at my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky she's her. She's like, you don't, yeah. <laughs> she's like, you don't know how to fucking do your job, and la, la. Like, she just goes on and on, and there was nothing anyone was going to say to make it okay, because she was probably on something and then drinking. Um, and she really wanted to see the fireworks, and I said, well, you know, I'll gladly pay for your whole table if you'd like to go see the fireworks. And she's like, no, fuck you. I don't want anything from you. And, of course, her friends, she's sitting with six other people. They're just sitting there eating because I'm sure that she behaves like this all the time. And so she said, you know, I'm going to write the biggest Yelp review about you. You don't know how to take care of people. I'm a doctor. And I was like, ooh, okay. Well, you do whatever makes you feel better. I'm so sorry you're so upset. I'm trying to get you what you need but I feel like I can't do that for you and she said you know what I'm gonna call Tony and tell him and I said actually I'm gonna call Tony and tell him how you're behaving and it upset her so much that I said that she just could could not muster up any other smart word and just spat in my face (laughs) and I mean I could have had her arrest it you know that's an assault (laughs) I I mean I'm speechless oh my god Well, I mean, it's nice to have the, like, no, I'll call Tony in your back pocket. Now you know what to say to start it. The best is when they're like, I'm going to call Tony Wolf and tell him. I'm like, okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> Tony Wolf. Oh, my God. So mm-hmm. you just keep your cool. I mean, 
I mean, that is not easy. Coming from the theater where everything, like you kind of react to things with emotion because that's the environment that you are working in. Working in a restaurant, you kind of, you have to learn how to just turn your emotions off. Um, And it's really hard because you're a human being. And, you know, people always say like, well, you're in service to me. No, (laughs) I am not in service to you. I am here to make sure you have a great time. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference. Yeah. And if you meet me halfway, we're going to have a great time. But if you want to make me less than you, then that's your problem. And I'm still going to make sure you have a good time. Then I'm going to jump in my Mercedes and put the top (laughs) down and giggle the whole way home. (laughs) How's that Ford treating you? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I get through the day. Jesus. That and this. Yeah, right. (laughs) Little cheap wine. (laughs) Oh, man. Is that, like, probably, like, one of the worst things that's happened? Um, I've only cried once at work. Um, I don't want to be too specific because I I feel for this person, but it was a wedding. Um, and someone in the party was not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that it was about me, but I went to go get the father of the bride. Um, and as I'm walking outside to, to grab this person who was getting married and ran down the street in her ball gown, screaming to herself. Oh no. <laughs> and she's standing in the alley which amplifies sound and I just hear her scream and then I have this fucking nigger in there trying <gasps> to tell me what to do and I just I stopped and I I said this is a family conversation and I pivoted back inside I went to the office and I cried my face off and then um, decided that I was going to make sure they were going to have the nicest event ever because you're not getting a discount <laughs> no <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay, spe- I'm more speechless now. That is I'm sorry. It's hard. I mean, I think, you know, I was saying I think that it's not even because of I'm a black woman. I'm at the front door of my restaurant. I could be the owner for anyone knows. People could care less. Because when you go to most restaurants and you see a black woman up front, you tend to think that person is the host. So the way that my restaurant runs, I mean, we can seat 220, 300 people. So the most important job on a Friday or Saturday is to seat the the restaurant properly. Because if you don't, you crash the kitchen. Mm -hmm. If you give the wrong guests to the wrong server, you could have a table that just you can't rescue. So you have to be very thoughtful about the way that you dress the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So then after I, I do that, I'll just pop by tables. And people will normally look at me like, why does the host care about how my steak was? <laughs> you need like a GM tiara or something. Mm-hmm. I just like paying. I, I like surprising guests. Like I'll say, you know, how was your caballero? And they're like, oh, it was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden dessert comes or, you know, five sides come from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'd rather surprise people. Um, because I, I always say to myself, like, I, I don't see a lot of me in other restaurants. So I, I do think people are always a little surprised. Do that. you know any other black woman at your level at a restaurant of that level? No. Not here in Baltimore. No. Mm-mm. Do you know any other women at that level? 
I mean, I'm sure there are plenty in like New York, Chicago. But you don't have like a coven here mm -mm. in the city where you can like tell these horrible stories and like get drunk. That sucks. Okay. I just tell my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) She's always like, what? Yeah. Because it's shocking. (laughs) People are, it's, you know, it's 2018 and I'm. People are still... 2019. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just did my taxes. <laughs> Welcome to the future. <laughs> it's just as bad as the past. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I waited tables for seven years, seven or eight years. Where? I mean, all over. Mm-hmm. I knew you then. I mean, I was at, like, McOshea's. I was at oh, yeah. Sobo Cafe. Um I can't think of any more, even though it was forever. Where else you know, I tables? never waited a table. You never waited? No. Nope. I'm saying, you never waited a table and you're the GM of a restaurant. That's amazing. Because I feel like I don't different. know anyone that didn't wait tables, besides my husband, because he's bushy. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he is. He is. Oh, my God. He's well, ridiculous. Bushy all year long. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a boat. <laughs> <laughs> It's not his, but he 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 worked for the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, and he would like live on an island and clean it or something. I don't know, yeah. but but even that sounds ridiculous. But most people I know waited tables. Yeah, like it's hard to find people that didn't, and yeah. I think it should be mandatory. I do too. Like service, like what is it? Um, military service in Israel, mm-hmm. two years. You would be so much nicer. But people were horrible Ooh. to me at that level. But I didn't have that like ace. Was it ace in the hole? What is that? Is that what I don't know. I've had two glasses. That's what the old people say. Ace in the hole, where you can come out and be like, I'm the fucking GM, ma'am. <laughs> so that must feel good. It's. I mean, it's definitely funny because most people will go, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also I plan all the private events there. You manage the staff. I always think of, like, the staff that I hire, it's more like casting for a show than hiring a staff. It's like I need a little bit of everything. Like I have one personality guy. wise or yeah. like Benetton out wise or everything, okay. everything. Like I'll hire people that have never worked in the restaurant business before because you train them. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you know they're smart and they're thoughtful, and you know the rest of it is a lot of it is common sense and willingness to learn. So, Do and like I'm it? always learning with them. So it's not like I feel like I have all this knowledge to impart. It's more like I have some wisdom because I'm 45 now, but also. You know, every night is a production. Sure. Have you ever enjoyed firing someone? No. No. There was never someone that was just so awful that you were like, bye. You actually are more nervous these days to fire people than I think anyone's ever been before because you don't know what's wrong with people. You know what I mean? (laughs) Fair point. (laughs) Okay. I'll let that one go. You're right. Yeah. You just never know. Somebody having a really bad day and then you're just the icing on top. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm always Maybe trying a nice to be public firing yeah. to make sure there's witnesses. <laughs> so your background pre center stage, was that I mean, it's always been theater? So I went to school to be um I wanted to be a television producer. So theater was a large part of the English non teaching um, curriculum. And I always liked theater because my mom, my mother's dramatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably where I get it from. <laughs> but um, she always taught, you know, as aside from in her collegiate, you know, career, she also 
taught a lot in the school's uh, theater. So I always read theater. I always loved going to plays. The first play I ever went to was the Colored Museum here in Center Stage. Really? Yep. I think I was 11 for that show. And it was the wildest experience to me. It's like the stage revolved and Tico Wells was on the show and he had was like a regular character on the Cosby show and it was just like such a big deal. So for me, like working there for fourteen years, it was part of it was like the nostalgia of like that moment for me. Yeah. That's I always cool. like to watch people react to the shows and um I got to be a large part of planning seasons with Irene. I chose The Wiz, which was um scary but at the time it was like the top grossing show we'd ever done I think until Marley um and then I also selected Carolina Change because I had seen it I did see that one in New York and I was like we could do it better (laughs) 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 and we did (laughs) um because Ife Butler is just amazing but um what was the question (laughs) (laughs) just drink your wine um cute (laughs) Um, the question was just, is your background theater? I mean, did you study theater? You studied television production. Yeah. Oh, then... yeah. So theater was a large part of that curriculum. And then... Um, but you were never, like, on stage. You no. were you were always Mm-mm. making it happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, everybody in school always said this. And, like, people who I'm very close to always say the same thing. They're like, you should be a producer. Because I get, like, the management of all of the parts of making the art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did. So I got a, a job working at Channel 47 <laughs> on the Eastern Shore okay. as a television producer. And I did the 6 a.m. news. So I was there from midnight until noon, six days a week. That does not work with your schedule. No, girl. And I was 23. I was like, what? That no. went to school for this shit? <laughs> I'm out. Where did you go to school? Mic drop. University of Maryland. But I went to what? Eastern Shore. So I was like. I went to University of Maryland. You did? College Park. Yeah. So I met Rob. That's why you're so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go Terps. He went to Hopkins, so we don't even care about our producer, Mike. Nerd. I know. <laughs> Writing sems. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't know. So how long are you on the Eastern Shore? I mean, my family's from there. I'm from there. I grew up in Easton and then... That's right. Yeah. Um, lived in Salisbury with my grandparents and then... Um, I mean, that's soon... a... That can... When I've been down there, that has not felt racially very cool to Girl. me. Like, <laughs> like Cambridge was. It's a hot I, mess down there. Yeah, I was nervous, and I'm <laughs> You're a white lady. <laughs> um, with the <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a white gay man on the inside. So I'm like, you don't even know what you're hating, so just stop. <laughs> Oh my God, that is true. It is, right? <laughs> yes. But I mean, what what was it like growing up down there? I didn't, I don't, I didn't remember you grew up well, down there. It was weird for me because my parents were divorced, and my dad lived in New York. Like he was from New York, lived in New York. So um, they wanted me to go to school on the Eastern Shore because you know, school in New York, unless you're going to blah 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 preparatory, you know. Um, so I spent my summers in New York, and my dad was a musician, and he worked for the government. So we were always doing fun things all summer long. I wasn't like, expecting you to say he was a musician and he worked for the government. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we would, like, go see Annie. I, I think I saw Annie on Broadway, like, maybe 12 times. Um, he played trumpet, and he wrote music for um, a lot of movies. Like, my mom always tells me stories about him traveling. Like, he played with Bobby Blue Bland. He played with James Brown. Oh, my like, gosh. 
and that's how they they met because my mom was like super she was like a really Christian sex pot <laughs> <laughs> like she had hair down to her butt but she wore like these short short micro micro dresses well her hair covered everything else yeah. so. <laughs> and um, my dad the story that my grandfather always told about my dad was that when he came to ask for her hand he was wearing um, a wife beater some bell bottoms bell bottom jeans some clogs and a fur coat, a full-length fur coat, and a man bag. <laughs> I can imagine no one else making you besides oh, wow. that man. My grandfather just said, please don't trip up the steps. <laughs> <laughs> There's no insurance money here for you. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I get a lot of it from my dad. You know, he, like, wrote music for the movie The Cotton Club. So I was a kid, and one summer, like, we were on set, and I had no clue that's what we were doing. Really? Because we were, like, at a bar, you know, and he would always take me to jazz clubs because everybody thought it was, like, cute to have a kid at a jazz bar, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and uh, he introduces me to Richard Gere, and I was like, so what? (laughs) MBD. Really? Yeah. He's so handsome. He was my. He was. He was hot back then. Yeah. Back. Yeah. 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 He's married to what? Calista Flockhart now. Right. No, that's the other old white man. What's his no, name? No, it's Richard Gere. No. Calista. Who's the one that? Harrison, like, Harrison Ford. Ford. Oh, that's who. Okay. <laughs> Girl. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't see color, Sharice. Okay. <laughs> you know I don't either, but I do. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so you met Richard Gere. Yeah, when I was like uh, 11. I was like, I don't know who this person is. I don't care. But I feel like that stuff informs, I mean, you you were experiencing it and it felt natural. And so there's something to that, right? Like as you get older, you know, being behind the scenes on that kind of stuff is impactful. It is. It's also, you know, I sometimes when I have like interactions with guests where I'm always like, wow, you really just, your life is small. Um. You know, some people, I think, are just in a mood. They come out to eat, and that's what they want, and they don't need a whole bunch of fuss. And those people I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people that there's nothing you would ever be able to do to make them happy. Um, it's like, why leave the house then? Yeah. Just go have fun. And I mean, I everyone about, has an off night, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like sometimes, I mean, I do. Yeah. Sometimes people fill out comment forms. They do? I mean, we, we want people to, to give us feedback. I mean, that's how you... You get better. What's the nicest thing someone said and what's, like, the craziest? I mean, the nicest thing is when they just keep coming back. Um, Or they don't fill out a comment card at all because I feel like that's, like, for the angry people. (laughs) This one lady told me, she was like, I read your Yelp reviews and uh, it said that you all were snobby. And I just want to say I don't think that that's true at all. And I said, girl, you need to stop reading Yelp. That's for negative Nancys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one goes on Yelp and writes a five-star review. So people who think they know. And they're like relatives. Yeah. Of this like place is the great. chef, yeah. <laughs> the chef is amazing. Cousin, I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I but I take it, I'm, I always get really like caught up. Like one guy wrote last week, like the, sir, our server, blah, 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 was excellent. The side waiters were wonderful. The hostess was okay. But do you think... I'm like, first of all. <laughs> who, but who do you think they mean when they say that? Oh, he meant me. <laughs> You're sure? Yeah. Because you have a host, right? I do, but I was the only lady that was working up in the front that day. Oh, he's so. a hostess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was very upset when I read that. You need that tiara. I, I mean, know. you just need. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to be okay, you know. I want to be 
always like what you need. Yeah, but you also aren't the hostess, so <laughs> goes a little deeper than the dig. Somebody should make me a T-shirt that just says GM. GM, <laughs> and I'll yeah. wear it every day. Yeah, you do need that. Mm, I don't or know if anyone would care. the whole rest of the world needs to like get over it and just <laughs> understand that like perhaps you're in a position of power. And I'm just trying to make sure they have a good dinner, a good experience. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you're just, you're having dinner. Yeah. So when I go out, I always try to think of it like, I'm just having dinner with my friends who I love. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if we have to wait an extra 20 minutes for the table, who cares? Or if, you know, the steak needs to be sent back, it's not a big deal. Like, Well, you just, like, ask, like, a human being to yeah. another human being and say, like, oh, actually, I wanted medium – if you want medium, fuck yeah. you. But you know, but you can Don't get me started on well done. <laughs> but I mean, that's like there I'm are always like Sharice, you like your mute well done, don't you? I'm like, answer all the eye rolls. Oh my god, you should like I like just to bite a cow's stomach. That's how I like my meat. <laughs> don't worry about how I eat my meat. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just seems like and. You, there are bad again. There are bad days. You're coming over in your circa 1995 cab to the restaurant in Harbor East, and maybe you get in like a little fight with your spouse, and that's you know it can offset your night. And I think we're all guilty of that. But like, oh yeah, I wouldn't say that the people that are there to make and serve your food are the people to yeah take that out on. I mean, I think that I probably you know the reason why those few people stand out so much is because. The majority of the people that come to my restaurant especially are, like, family. I mean, for me on a, any given night, it's nothing for me to give out, like, 50 hugs. Because people are just, like, so happy to see you or so thankful that you did something small and special for them. Um, or they're just, like, awesome people who, like, we had this uh, party. Caitlin Edmonds, if you're listening, I heart you. <laughs> she booked a surprise party for her boyfriend and you know I'm working with her on email don't know what she looks like her friends start to arrive because it's a surprise and they're like literally it looks like my group of friends it's like beautiful black woman beautiful white guy beautiful Asian lady beautiful Turkish guy like it was one of everything (laughs) (laughs) and beautiful and beautiful and well dressed and so thankful to be there and so excited to surprise um, her boyfriend Mm -hmm. And so, Caitlin, I, I mean, I had an inkling she probably wasn't, like, a sister was going to come walking through the door named Caitlin. But <laughs> um, I see this couple walking down the street. And I, the last thing I wanted to say was, are they a biracial couple? Because they are. But I went to their friends and I said, is he, like, a dapper dresser? Is he probably wearing, like, a khaki suit? And is she, like, super cute with, like, a lob? And they were like, yes, that's them. I said, I got you. Mm-hmm. And... It was a surprise, so I kind of had to mess with them at the door to make them think I didn't have a table, and then they came in, and everyone surprised them. So cute. But they were so adorable that I asked them to come back and have their dessert in the lounge because I wanted people to see them. Um, And it wasn't just because they were attractive. It was because I wanted them to see them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is 2019. This is how people live their lives when they are full and have – love to share I mean it was very touching and then of course like I got hugs from everyone in the party because we felt like we were family because we all broke bread together that night you know you have a good job I do 
I do. It gets tiresome. I mean, they're, you know, Tony calls like two or three times a day and his job is to make sure I'm up, you know? Um, but there are definitely days where I'm like, I know myself and I'm just like, I'm not in a great mood. He'll go, "Uh Oh, what happened? Nothing. I just hate people. (laughs) Okay. Uh, like, don't worry. I'll put on the show five o'clock. I got this, but that part's tiresome too. You know, like always being on. Well, you ended up being a performer and a producer. (laughs) (laughs) Still don't have a man, if anybody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) What are you looking for? Hmm. Somebody who's funny. That doesn't take anything serious. Well, doesn't take themselves too seriously. Um, And who gets along with my friends. Mm -hmm. First indicator. Yeah. Yeah. Because that first dude, the one that I married, that was, I should have known. Didn't work, yeah. <laughs> that was not going to work out. <laughs> Make sure he has a green card. That's the other thing. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Does he have a green card, Sharice? It's a high bar <laughs> in Trump's America. <laughs> Is his accent real? <laughs> Shade. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so we ask, um, questions of everyone at the end of each podcast or toward the end. We don't have to end it now. I'm just saying we're getting there. Um, and it's just like your favorite things in the city. So the area answers have to be within Baltimore city. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your favorite place to eat and it can't be somewhere where you work. Right now it's Orto. Me too. Yeah. But I loved it when it was... Um, Colette. I loved it when it was Bottega. I know. It's just a good, you know, some places just have that good energy. And some places just, wherever they are, it just doesn't work. Yeah. That space is like yeah. set up. I mean, it's so good. Oh, yeah. I love Orta. I love going to small places because I work in such a huge I mean, it's almost like a nightclub. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't feel like a nightclub, but it's that size of yeah. of a nightclub. It's, it's huge at Barbascas. Yeah. It literally is like every day something is wrong. It's like, HVAC's not working, or I'm the refrigerator felt is not working. I have $5,000 worth of beef in there, <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> how, what, how am I living? <laughs> You're like, uh, my daughter is named Edie, and I just couldn't remember the name Little Edie. <laughs> oh, yes, You're like Little, Little Edie in your mansion. Yes. Less raccoons, though. Less raccoons. But I do sing and dance. <laughs> how could you not? All right, so favorite what is song. We all move together. We all because love is divine. <laughs> My, I had to watch that movie tonight oh, again. So like the original and the Drew Barrymore. I think they're both. It's a good doubleheader. I don't and, know the original. The first time I saw it, I cried because I was like, "These people are sick." <laughs> And then the gay man in me was like, oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is tragic. <laughs> so many L's. These oh. rich people are so ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> so good. When we named Edie Edie, there was a part of me that hesitated. And then I was like, let's just dive in. Because to be honest, I am a bit of an Edie myself. So here we go. It's May fun. she wear tur- uh, sweatshirt turbans and... <laughs> Diamond pins. Uh huh. That's my girl. (laughs) All right. Favorite place, again, not where you work, uh, to grab a drink? Um, 
I have a couple of places when you have like a hard Saturday service and maybe like, you know, everything was perfect and then one person had to be a dick. I have to go somewhere and shake it off. Mm-hmm. So I don't think about it on my one day off, which is Sunday. So I like to go to Pen and Quill um, because Helman's there and he can always be, he's like a good shoulder to lean on. And they have their baby. I know. She's, she's so beautiful. Cute. She know. looks just like him. I know. <laughs> she's so cute. Some strong jeans. Um, I love going to Clavel. No, not Clavel. W.C. Harlan. Um, just because it's so dark and romantical. So dark. No one's going to talk to me unless I look like I'm inviting. And mm-hmm. on a Saturday, I'm not. <laughs> we went there. Well, it was before Lou was. This is like four years ago. And there was this just accordion player in the corner. Mm-hmm. And he was like 90. And yeah, it it, just, it felt like, like tragic hipster mm-hmm. ridiculousness. But it ended up just being this like cozy, sweet yeah. night. Yeah. I, I love Harlan. I love that. And then my last place is Sugarvale. On my block. That's like my cheers. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, knows yeah. when they see me, like they just pour a bottle of bubbles, <laughs> put it in front of me. No one asks how my Saturday was. Call me the next time you go there. I will. I'll walk down. I it's easy that. for me to do that. Yeah. Okay. It's a date. No, it's public. If you don't do it, <laughs> no one will hold you accountable. <laughs> Sugarvale will. <laughs> Are you supposed to come in with Megan? Mm-hmm. My son... Um, um, unlocked both of our locks and ran out of the history and ran out of the house this weekend because he thought we were going to Sugarville. He's been there once before. He he. To be fair, he uh, misunderstood that Gertrude's wasn't Sugarville. Oh. But he threw this tantrum because he's Rob, ran away. he's Rob's son. He didn't get to have a fancy lunch. Three year old runaway. He unlocked the door and ran up the street, and I was like barefoot, screaming, running after him. Everything was fine. Please don't call cps <laughs> but um but he was going i want to go to sugar bail <laughs> i was like well this is gonna be fun can he come with us if we go at five oh never mind i don't take kids he can hold his liquor, no he, kids can hold his liquor. <laughs> he can't i'll take him we've taken them to sugar bail sugar bail excuse mm-hmm. me twice but we go right at five yeah. we try to sit outside and we're gone by like six yeah. I, that's like the only fair way to do it yeah. for everyone but I'll meet you by myself. Okay. Yeah. Lou doesn't get to go. We can be adults. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Favorite place to buy a gift? Um, Curiosity. Uh, Katie DiStefano. She did all the interior design at Bar Vasquez. Really? Um, she is also one of my favorite people. She is so utterly delightful, and it's 100% real, um, and she has impeccable taste. So you can walk in there and buy a stuffed animal for a newborn and a funny card from Gila Press. And a, she um, actually, for my birthday, she always gets me the Dom uh, gummy bears. Oh, yeah. What's that, Sugarfina? I don't know who makes them, but I've seen those. Made with oh, Dom Perignon. Yeah. I'm like, whew. I My dog likes those, too. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy's very sophisticated. Oh my god! I tried caviar for the first time in my life recently. Do you love it? Well, I I I did, um, but I ate it on a potato chip with a caviar or with a champagne gummy bear. I and then with you, <laughs> Can't take her anywhere. I was at this event and they that and I was like, I'll try caviar, sure, because yeah. there's candy and <laughs> chips involved, <laughs> and I'm white trash, so <laughs> I'm not just gonna eat caviar by itself. 
right. We're going to meet at Sugarville. We're also going to meet at Charleston one night. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fine. Works for me. Yeah. All right. Um, your favorite place in the city to be outside? Uh, yesterday, I went to Sherwood Gardens. Um, Along with the rest of the city. It was Easter. <laughs> it was so funny. I must have looked like such a weirdo. Like, I have this little, like, two-seater convertible. I had the top down. I have my cute little dog with her head out. And I was listening to Chopin. Oh. You know, driving through that neighborhood, everybody was Just like, living who your is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this black lady? Is that Oprah? <laughs> no. <laughs> She's better. <laughs> she's she's making way more. <laughs> Bar Vasquez, ever heard of it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was really nice though. It was like easy. Yeah, just like packed a little picnic and yeah. met my friends, and everybody was in a great Easter mood. So, well, the weather was stunning. It was perfect. It was supposed to be really shitty, and it was yeah amazing. It actually, um, my favorite place in the world um, to have a picnic is. A park in Oslo. It's called Gustav Vigland, and it's like 200 acres of land that was donated to Oslo. And Gustav is an artist, and so we had, you know, all these statues. And like, I have actually have a tattoo that's of one of the gates that's there. But it was the first time I realized that, like, oh God, it's so nice to just sit outside as an adult and have a bottle of wine and look at the sky and do nothing. Or be with someone that you love and just, like, enjoy mm-hmm. listening to the leaves rustle or, you know. Yep. It's good things for your soul sometimes just to be, like, away from the world. Um, it's not in Baltimore, so I'm not going to count it as an answer. It's not, but, but you can say it. It reminds, like, when I was in the park last night when we were at Sherwood, it reminded me of that. It's, like, that feeling of, like, everybody's on their best behavior. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks nice because it's Everyone looks nice, Yeah. yeah. Except for me. <laughs> I was, like, dressed in all black, <laughs> per usual. We went a couple of weeks ago to Sherwood, and um, it was, the, I guess, like, it was a beautiful Saturday or Sunday, and yeah. all these families are out, and there's, like, like a woman walking around playing flute. She was there yesterday. Oh I was like, somebody tell that bitch to stop. <laughs> I know. Ruining my life. <laughs> well, actually, and I should correct. I think it was a recorder, and I'm just dumb, but whatever it was, it, got, it, got, it was a lute. <laughs> But we were like, our kids looked like gremlin. Like, like Edie had like, um, like a food packet, which like, it's like when they make um, like applesauce or something in like a little packet. It's like all over her face, like crusted. She took off her shoes. Lou took off his shoes and his shirt. Our kids are disgusting. Meanwhile, there's this like lutist walking around. A family had brought out chairs and it actual live white bunny rabbit that they like let out of a cage and they were doing a family photo shoot there was a family with their girls are walking around with parasols and were then hi <laughs> is this real was, i looked at rob and i was like i wish you were drunk it was like nine in the morning i was like i this you is too probably were i, was I don't not. know if this was real <laughs> it didn't happen if there aren't pictures <laughs> um that's fair that's fair i don't i did maybe Mm, I'll look through my phone later. Uh-huh. There might be some. It was real, but it was also real creepy. <laughs> so it can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. That uh, Sherwood yeah, Gardens. I'm with you. <laughs> okay, favorite. Oh, okay. Wait, one, two, three, four. Okay, your favorite shareable John Waters story. 
Oh, this one's really good. Um, so he knows that I love Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> like, <Of course> you <laughs> do. <laughs> Pee Wee is like, uh, yeah, I would do it to him. <laughs> Jeez, what? I don't think he wants any of this, but. <laughs> well, he's not alone in a movie theater, so probably not. Hey, whatever. Floats your boat. Um, <laughs> so he sent me an email. I don't remember. It was like November of like 2012. I don't know. Um, I went as his date to Pee Wee's Broadway premiere. And so I'm used to hanging out with him here in Baltimore, but like being in New York, obviously, is a different level of fame. So we're like, and he's normal. Like we took the the train to a restaurant, had dinner, and then we went to, um, I forget which theater the, the show was, but we couldn't figure out how to get our tickets. So we were like walking around and then someone came and got us and said, um, Mr. Waters, Miss Nichols, please follow us this way. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> What's going on? And then all like they take my coat and then all of a sudden we realized we were on the red carpet. <laughs> did you look fabulous? I mean I'm sure you, you did. can Google it. Yes. yes okay. Girl, you okay. can Google me. Okay. <laughs> Um, but it two was, S's? Okay, yeah, got it. <laughs> one C, two S. Um, but we were both just like, uh, he was like, you know, it's fine, you're on the red carpet, just smile. And they're like, when you're on the guest list, they already know your name. So they're like screaming like, Mr. Waters, look this way. Sharice, look this way. And I was like, what the fuck is happening to me right now? And this was when everybody had Razor cell phones. Like, we didn't have <laughs> iPhones yet. So this I was, was like, pre-2012, damn. pre-2012, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Razor's big. I had a red had one a at that one. time. <laughs> we kept it. My I flip saw phone. It. Mm-hmm. My kids play with it. Um, and then we go inside, and I got to like say a little video thing to Paul Rubens. And then we go inside, and um, that night I met again because I didn't have a iPhone. It will always live in memory. But Rosie O'Donnell. Um, why am I blanking on all the fav- the famous people? Peaches and Herb. Uh, Susan Sarandon was sitting in front of us. Um, who's the guy that's on uh, The Good Wife? That's a theater dude. Uh, is he Alan the- Cumming was sitting. Oh, I got to dance with him at the after party. That's a good one. Uh, Parker Posey. Like we walked arm in arm over. I saw her in New York the last time I was there. Yeah, she's so cute. I asked her directions to a Russian bathhouse. Oh, she probably was real excited. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Leone. Good one. Um, this is like New York, New York. Yeah, like, Rosie yeah, O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rosie got up and looked at me. She was like, "I don't give a fuck about these people. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who are you here with?" And I was like, "Did she give you a kush ball? Do you remember she used to shoot the kush balls?" Yeah, but yeah, it was like right. Her show was still going at that time. Yeah. I was like, I'm Sharice. I'm from Baltimore. I'm just here with John. You did not say it like <laughs> yeah, that. You're like, like, I'm Sharice. <laughs> I mean, she's really pretty in real life. Rosie? Yeah, she's very pretty. Um, and then we went in the back, and John orchestrated it, so I got to meet Pee Wee. <sighs> Paul. So I'm, like, drunk. <laughs> Bubble high. <laughs> and... Uh, there were like Reba the male lady and like all these people from the show were back there and I turned around and it's Paul Rubens and he was like so I hear you're my biggest fan I was like "Ah, yes (laughs) I'm Sharice he was like I'm Paul it's nice to meet you and he gave me a kiss and I was like "Ah, I've got to go home (laughs) 
<laughs> I need to be alone now. <laughs> <laughs> Why him? What? What? He's like such a part of my childhood. But he, I always like I. That makes it a lot creepier. You know <laughs> that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I could probably recite for you the entire movie word for word and not be wrong. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, but you got to meet him. I got to meet him and mm-hmm. it was all because of John. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's right. pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a good one. Sharice, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for being a Baltimore citizen. I love Baltimore. You do love Baltimore. I've been here 22 years, and I'm not going anywhere. Please don't. Watch out, Roland Park. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Sharice for that lovely chat. To make a reservation at Bar Vasquez or any of the Foreman Wolf restaurants, visit foremanwolf.com. For past Hey Baltimore episodes and all the cool stuff happening downtown, go to our site, godowntownbaltimore.com. Hey Baltimore is produced by Mike Evitz and made possible by Downtown Partnership. Our music is by Super City, and I'm your host, Megan Eisenach. If you want to reach out, email us at heybaltimore at dpob.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>